live not only in the Cap City Beats website TV area as I adjust my seat, but we are also live on the iOS and Android Cap City Beats app. Uh, so if you are listening to us through the app, we appreciate it. Hopefully we get more downloads of that app because it's a great platform to listen to. Really not cool. Us, but a lot of good music and stuff as well. Yeah. Joining me, who you, if you're looking <laughs> at you can see him. It's uh, my co-host. Pep is in the back. He's a big. Steve what up? And what up? Oh, he wants to make sure that it's known. <laughs> He's wearing his t- terrible towels and they're terrible for a reason. How you doing, bud? I am great. I am fantastic. I cannot complain. You know, uh, I tell you, my mood, its a, it's been like this for at least the, the last 15 years. My mood is dictated by how the Steelers do on Sunday or Monday. It's crazy. It's crazy how good a week I could have or how awful a week I could have based on their performance. So uh, I'm great. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm, yeah. I you. you know what I mean? Like if you're a big sports fanatic and you have a team that you go for a big win or a big loss on any given weekend or weekday depending on when they play it does affect your mood it really does and actually um you know one of the headlines i want to talk about is going to be sort of really quickly on the mental state of a lot of our fans and the things they do and and you talk about being in a bad mood well i tell you the Green Bay Packers fans were in a bad mood. Uh, um, yeah. Headlines. But um, I wanted to give you a quick uh, second to talk about some of your charitable um, endeavors and you yeah. had recently. So I'd like you to take a bit more depth there. Yeah, sure. I Basically, every Christmas time, I, I really should be careful using the word Christmas, holiday season, because not everybody celebrates Christmas. During the holidays... What we do at my facility that I manage is that we uh, we run a fundraiser. Usually, typically, it's at the end of November, early December. And the goal is to raise money to give to the Ottawa Hospital Foundation, who will then give it to the Ottawa Regional Cancer Center. And those folks will distribute that money to families who are dealing with a cancer diagnosis over the holidays. So not every family, unfortunately, uh, has the financial means to withstand a cancer diagnosis, let alone the diagnosis itself, which is which is a whole other stress. But now you're talking about financial stresses. We're talking about, you know, uh, if you if you are the one who's been diagnosed, you're certainly your salary has been compromised. You can't go to work. If you need uh, drives back and forth to the your appointments, you've got a spouse or a partner or a friend who's having to drive you. They're losing a little bit of work. So it's a trickle down effect. And, you know, some of these medications, Brock, cost a fortune you know and if you have even if you have coverage it's not it's not always a hundred percent so I'll give you an example a friend of mine unfortunately has recently been diagnosed thankfully she's in a good spot but uh you know a, a, on a monthly basis it's nine hundred dollars her coverage covers uh it's like 750 of that so she's still out of pocket 150 bucks a month you really want to be worrying about money when you have to worry about cancer it's a tough thing so anyway this money goes to that and uh we've done a good job i just secured farm boy as a collaborative partner with me. That's big. Yeah. yeah. But the applause That's- is more directly at you because you these are initiatives <laughs> that you've gone out and secured these type of, uh, I guess, partnerships with some of these businesses. And you've, you know, gone and, and put the, uh, the legwork in 
so to speak, and, and actually approach these businesses. So I'm glad that they're responding in a positive way as well. But for sure, we're talking four uh, $25 gift cards to give to four different families. And uh, it's a great thing. Chris from Train Yards, he's the manager at the Train Yards Farm Boy, that brand new one that just opened up behind the old one. You know, didn't even think twice. And every time you mention cancer, it's like they immediately go to like, oh my God, my friend had cancer. Oh my, my, my mom and my this and my that. It, it's like, he named off 10 people in a, in a heartbeat before I can even explain what I was even raising money for. So obviously it hits everybody. It's hit it. It's hit all of us, you know, a certain one way or another. And uh, this is just a good way to give back. So anyway, thanks for letting me plug that. Uh, it means a lot to me. This, that whole, uh, this whole initiative means a lot to me. So, and Hey, I've reached my goal. Thousand bucks plus another 200 to spare. That's phenomenal. That's all I have to say on that. Are you still taking any donations or any help or anything? Is there is there anything that you could plug? To yeah, go and help. Uh, just go go to GoFundMe. Type in my name, Pierre Cariotti. You'll see uh, families uh, dealing with cancer over the holidays as the subject header or the cause. It's the only one that I have that's active. There's other. There's two others that are um, de deactivated. You can donate there if you're not comfortable giving to GoFundMe. And I've just realized that some people are, would rather give me money straight. You're more than welcome to e-transfer me. You can shoot me a line, uh, you know, look me up on Facebook on Messenger. I can give you my email address, or we can just put it up on the show later. Uh, you can you can e-transfer me directly. I can meet you for cash, like whatever, whatever's uh, easiest for you. Well, again, that speaks volume on your character, the fact that people trust you enough to give you money directly and know that it's going to go to the end cause. So thanks, buddy. To you. I appreciate that. All right. Um, this is a sponsored episode. For those <laughs> who are not aware, we have yes. a uh, a great sponsor, Kentrip Real Estate. Um, well, yeah, if we're not on the wide uh, picture, we're kind of eyes cut off. Anyway, are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate? Whether you're new or experienced, you can trust Kentrip Real Estate for all your needs. And thank you again, Ken and team for sponsoring uh, our first month on the show, actually. So uh, this whole month is is Ken Trip Real, Real Estate Month on uh, the UC. <laughs> but, um, it definitely, you know, again, it's uh, it's it's great for us. It helps us kind of get the show off the ground and work on our, some of our technology and make sure we have everything sounding right. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully it also helps uh, him and, and his team from a business standpoint and making sure they get the – the word out anybody looking for those kind of things real estate's so hot right now i mean the it's price of the homes are through the roof sizzling and, you know if i had money to invest i probably should get into real estate but uh, i don't so yeah. we're gonna uh, just enjoy what we have right now i find you have to have a passion for it too eh? like the real the real good real estate agents really they, they legit love getting out there and showing homes and uh providing maybe first-time homeowners with their first house and like i yep. I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel this. There's, there. I have my days where I'm like, ah, you know what? Maybe I should get my real estate license. But, you know, you have to really have a passion for it to be good at it. And I know Ken does. So, yeah. All right, uh, we got our first live guest. All right. Today. He goes by the name of Desmond Thompson, and this young man. I say young man. I think he's younger than me, but we're pretty close in the same age. So I really hope that I'm a young man. But uh, <laughs> this guy grew up in Ottawa playing football. So I've known him for many years. He played the Ottawa Norseman way back in the day, played three years with the university of Ottawa, uh, ended up playing semi-pro for a team in Montreal. He went over to Europe for six years, played Austria, Sweden, Germany, in the UK, Denmark, 
uh, and then came back, was playing. He played more football. I thought I played a lot of football. This guy's played more football than I have, I think. Uh, even back in Toronto, he finished another uh, four years there, winning a couple championships with their uh, semi-pro uh, Toronto All-Stars. Uh, he's actually a soccer fan, which is weird. And now he's an up-and-coming artist. So I'd like to welcome Desmond Thompson to the show. Hopefully he's Thank connected you. okay. There he is. How you doing? Yeah, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, thanks for joining us. Give him a little towel. Give him a little towel there. Let's give him a little towel. I'm a Buffalo fan, though, so I don't do that terrible towel. Okay, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> yeah, you gotta, hey, you got to make sure that you, you set that straight. If you're a Bills fan, you got to make sure that you put those Pittsburgh yeah. fans in yeah. their place. In December 15th, my friend. December 15th. Big game. Big game. It's Big game. on. Big game. All right, brother. Yeah. Hey, did I miss anything out from your football standpoint? Um, no, that's basically it. I, just, I, I, I traveled because uh, I had, uh, I was able to, uh, I was born in England, so I was able to hold a UK passport. So that was my end to be able to be able to go all over Europe and play football because I was so counting as a, all yeah, right. I count, I count as a European player. But yeah, football was my, was my go-to from when I was 12. So from when I left England, I came, I moved to Canada. I've been here since I was like 12, 13 years old. I played Norseman all the way up to uh, all of you. And then I, I stopped, uh, went to play semi-pro in Montreal. Then we traveled all over like the States, like uh, Albertsburg, like Albany, like all the, all the, like the little States. They had a bunch of, of uh, teams. So we played through that. And we were the only team in Montreal to win the, the, the championship in the States, the EFL. Back then, um, so yeah, I, I just I continued playing ball until basically my hips said no more, and then I just <laughs> gave it up. Just said no more. <laughs> what position did you play? Uh, I played defensive tackle. Uh, they they always wanted me to play uh, along O line with, uh, with our friend Brock, but I held on to the passion of playing D tackle as long as I could, and they they keep continue to put me to O line, and I just played. I played both ways when I was in Europe because uh, that's what they wanted you to do. So. I played uh, Austria, I played uh, offensive tackle and D tackle, and then when I played in Sweden, I played both ways. So when they, they play, when you're playing, sorry, yeah. when, when you're playing both ways in Europe, is that because is that cost efficient for them? Yeah, it's cost efficient. It's, okay. Yeah, because basically, like most of the Americans and the Canadians that come there, they're used for like special teams, like the specialized, like the receivers okay. or the DBs. When you get like a big lineman like myself, and you have a, a, a European passport, they're sticking you on the line, and you're playing both ways. Wow, just how, just how advantage you have that passport because then you don't even count towards their yeah, income. you don't count so and that and that that's also just it makes them look makes them just use you so much more. So, so that's like, the key. Like, if you have a European passport and you're in and you're in Canada and you want to you you can't like play CFO or you can't or you finish CFO, maybe it's so a lot of CFO players that go, yeah, and you want to see Europe, it's the best way to see Europe. Like, I see I saw so much stuff in six years, it's unbelievable. I would I would second that. That's something that uh, you know. Now, from a coaching perspective, I've actually put my name on a few things. So I'm like, yeah, you know, a, that's a, another a thing. Yeah. That I can go over and coach over there, hundred percent. Bring my family and and explore yeah. and live in. A they do that too. Place. They do that yeah. too. Like when when I was in Sweden, for example, they kept me for six months after just to coach the youth team, like the like the like yeah, eh? the fourteen year olds, and they put you up in the house. They treat you like you're a star, and you're just a basic guy just showing up to practice with these guys, but to them like i'm in sweden like look at me i'm a, like they're going crazy so for me it was fun but any big guy out there that's canadian that's like that goes out to play football they most of them stay a little bit longer because 
one is Europe and two is, you know, you get that little extra for coaching. Well, we see that in the basketball community too in Ottawa. Guys yeah, like yeah, Oz, basketball's huge. Oz Gianti yeah. and, uh, and yeah. a lot of the guys who play for the Ottawa Blackjacks, they play, they have professional contracts in Europe and they're making a good, a good salary up there. But again, it's yeah. a good, it's the experience of going to play in Europe. You know, it's a, it's an awesome experience. So that's great. Look, you said you you grew up, so you were born in the UK, and you you were there until yeah. you were twelve to fifteen. Like, that sort of range coming yeah. back was fo- yeah. American football. Obviously, wasn't your first love. No. It was regular no. football, soccer. Regular football. Right? Up to this day, yeah, I love football. I so love fully. Like that's what. Pardon? At what point did you get into football? Did you just outgrow soccer? Yeah, I, I grew soccer. So I played goalkeeper for all my life, and if you know soccer, is just you're a big guy, so. Most guys don't like playing keeper, so I was always the first one to choose keeper. So I played for as long as I could, and then I was, like, too big, and I was like, let me go play football. So I went to one practice at Norseman. I got driven by one guy and then went to practice, and then I just loved it. And, and then I just continued playing football. got too big, obviously, to play, to play fully, so I just continued just watching it and falling in love with it. Okay. How did soccer or football <laughs> – it's good yeah. – I'm going to call no. it soccer just so yeah, you call, you know, you call yeah, soccer. that's okay. No problem, no problem. Um, how did soccer help your football game? Because I know, I know guys like Steve McClendon who plays for the, well, he was with the Jets. I think he has been, he was traded ever since, since then. I think he's moved to the NFC now, but uh, he was a, St- a former Steeler defensive tackle. He actually played um, in the off season. He did ballet for his, uh, for his wow. off season training to work on his footwork. Did soccer yeah. help you a- at your position in terms of footwork? I- I wouldn't say for when I was playing, like when I was a kid, obviously, like I didn't, I wouldn't say it helped me, but I know when I got older and then I started playing like the semi-pro league. And then I also played soccer on Sundays and like the men, like the men's league, I would say it, it, it helped more with the like agility. Like for example, cause keeper, you're just diving left to right and you're, sure. you know, you're, 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 you're quick on your feet. So it helped me with that. I wouldn't say cardio anyway, because obviously you're not moving as much <laughs> as all the players on the, on the, on the pitch, True. but. For for the moving side to side for hundred percent, I, I found that it helped a lot. And plus, just move like your your hand eye coordination so much as a keeper is, is a little bit more obviously than I would say like a left back for example. But sure, you know, this is my opinion. Well, I gotta say, if anybody questioned your love for soccer, the fact yeah. that you keep referring to it as a keeper instead of a goalie shows yeah. you're an actual <laughs> soccer fan. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who's listening and doesn't know what that is, a keeper is a goalie. Yeah, a keeper is a goalie. Yeah. All right. What are you doing now? So now you've sort of tried- so now so now basically I I I I, I came back uh, I came back to Ottawa from Toronto. Um, I tried to move. I, I moved the whole family to to England. Um, it was very expensive. <laughs> Didn't know how expensive it was. So I came back to Ottawa, and uh, since I came back to Ottawa, I got my son into soccer. He's more into soccer now, so I've, I've taken my time off that, and I'll put my love into uh, customizing cleats, shoes, anything. Like I, I've been doing that since basically for about nine years. I was in Toronto. I played a football game. I didn't like the color of my cleats. I got a spray can from uh, Canadian Tire. I sprayed them. They looked cool for maybe the first 10 minutes, and then it was done. Then I, started, I, did, I did some research on it and how to do it, and I found a lot of, it was a lot, a lot of Americans that did it. I, started, I bought some paint, bought an airbrush, and then since then I've just been making. Uh, I, don't know, I, I I say myself I've been making some fire 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 stuff, but you guys check out my Instagram and you'll see. 
Well, actually, we're going to put up some of your uh, pictures right now. So uh, I went on to your Instagram as well, and I had you send me a couple of your favorites and mm. put together a couple of pages here. And it's, for those who can't see, the, the middle pair he's got is just a, a pair of white cleats. That's all it is. Yeah. And by the time they're done, they are... It can be anything. Anything. It's amazing. <laughs> so um, we got some of those now in... Uh, Mike, if you could flip it to the next one. Yeah, so we got a couple of guys here. There's a picture here of a Kansas City Chief wearing your artwork. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So he had a Monday night game. Um, so basically on my Instagram, I just I post cleats and like shoes and stuff. And then I I like tag people in it. I'll tag like uh kicks of the year or cleats of the week or something. And this guy um hit me up on my uh in my uh DM basically and said, Can you do my cleats? I said, yeah, I didn't obviously didn't think he was actually gonna send them. And then maybe like four or five days later, I got four, I mean four five pairs of cleats that he sent me. And uh he asked me to do like two of them in a in a week. I said, Yeah, no problem. Because I guess I think it was like the Monday night game was against Oakland, <laughs> which is a picture you see. And uh so I did them. I sent two straight away, and then I did a Christmas pair for him, and then I did another pair for his uh, for his younger son. And uh, and yeah, and since then a lot of people hit me up. I mean, I did obviously the guy. Um, I, uh, I did a couple of guys for the Grey Cup in in Ottawa, and then luckily one of the guys uh, just basically seen me on the street and asked me, "Say, are you the guy that do custom shoes?" I said, "Yeah," and he asked me to do his shoes. Um, uh, I think Will Powell. Um, I did his candy. I think the ones in the picture there, the candy candy shoes. He had Sweet Feet. His nickname was Sweet Feet, so he wanted the candy shoes, so I did those. And then I did uh, the Joker's theme ones for a guy in, uh, I think it was in Montreal. I get guys, like as I said on my Instagram, from everywhere. The guy, the, uh, the Air Force ones, uh, was a guy from uh, Montreal who just basically sold me on Instagram and asked me, to, can I do the shoes? He sent me to, in the mail, and I did them and sent them back. So Man, it's, just, it's, just, it, it's just a hobby that I, I turn into, basically, I, I, just might, I want everyone to, to see my shoes. So I just do everybody's shoes and then eventually someone wears them and then you see it and then I do something next person and it's just how it goes. Like I was going to say to, I was going to say to Pat, like you were talking about doing like a, um, like giving back. I was going to do like maybe a breast cancer shoe or a cleat or a, uh, anything you have that has like a, like a pink, like a pink outline, a pink, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and auction them off or give them away or whatever you want to do. As I said, oh, that's what yeah. I do. So. So for me, it's just something to, to give out and then everybody will see it and be like, oh my God, that's nice. And when you do that, and then the same yeah. Mr. Thompson saying here, and then that's it. Oh, that would be absolutely incredible. I mean, that would just be, uh, I could just imagine, you know, I, there are a lot of a lot of people, uh, young and old, who are diagnosed yeah. with cancer. Some of them have 100%. kids. Some some of their kids play football. That yeah, would be something yeah. that would be really, really cool. I, I will get it, back it's to just you just for that. me. It's just for me to get, like as I said, for me, it's getting out there. It's not the problem sure. of me doing it. It's just getting out there. So as I said, if you, like, Brock knows me, so yeah, I'm that I'm very uh I'm very easy to get hold of, and I can even come pick it up and do it, bring it back to you. That's not even a problem. I'll have Here's to skip an That's example incredible. of the stuff that uh, well, one of my favorite pieces, obviously. If Mike, if you can give me a bit more of the screen time here, uh, this was something that um I brought up to yeah, yeah, yeah. ask them and. So I was supposed to be playing in this uh, hockey tournament, <laughs> uh, uh, 
charity thing. Anyway, so and I was yes, keeper. Trying to play keeper, if you will. <laughs> um, I also thought I was going to have a lot more time to practice, which I didn't because of COVID. So uh, it wasn't as pretty as uh, it probably should have been in terms of my play, not the helmet. Um, but uh, Desi actually did my lid, and then he did Jackson's lid. I don't have Jackson's right now. It's still in with his uh, stuff because he's playing uh, consistently. But my lid here, I just gave it to him. I said, you know what? I said, do whatever you want with it. Like, I just want you to be creative and have fun. And, like, he gave me, obviously, everybody knows that I'm a big Florida fan, so the blue and orange is huge. He's got 58, my number he's got, uh, which where we, right here, the mic for the uh, for our show. He's got oh, wow. names of my uh, my kids and my dog and the GGs. That's pretty tough. Actually, that looks pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> he's got you know, uh, cool stuff uh, everywhere. He's got – Anyway, it's, that uh, is incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. It's Thank enough where I'm like, I don't even want to. I, I I don't even want to play with it. <laughs> that, you know, so yeah, so yeah, that, that, that's that's what I do. So as I said, it's it's, it's a love that I do, and uh, and I just want to get my all my work out there and let people see it. Well, let's get let's get them viral. Will this so we can yeah, it. Let's uh, what's the best way of guys to get a hold? So of the best the, the best way is the Instagram. To be honest, with you, is the Mister Thompson seventy eight, and uh, yeah, and that's my phone number. So that's that's basically it. So if you don't feel comfortable texting me, then go ahead, just uh, Instagram me, and you can check out my page, and uh, and go from there. Uh, the turnaround turnaround is not like maybe two, three, four days max. On a, yeah, on a pair of shoes. I was surprised at how fast you were. Yeah, like because as I said, like I have a full time job, but in my part time, this is what I do. Wow! Hobby, but I'm telling you, kid's got some skill, and he does it on everything now. So, yeah, uh, right. you want something done? Reach out to him on Instagram or text him. He'll get right back to you. Come through Pep and I if you forget or don't see this video, whatever. Reach out to us. We'll get you guys uh, connected. But. Uh, I think we should probably take you up on uh, some of those offers and maybe we can 100%. Offer off or uh, figure something out and just, you know, even from a, a custom set, figure out it's an auction or a draw or something. I just get what a great idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I put, put it in like a, like a, a uh, I do more like the shoe container. Like I, I got a, a bunch of shoe boxes, yeah. put the shoe in there, present it, you know, it, it looked, it looked dope. To be honest. I, as soon as you said what you said, Pep, that's what I was just thinking about the whole time. So. That's, that's whenever, you, whenever, whenever, you're whenever you're ready, let me know, and I'll, I'll come come by and pick it up. Well, we'll we'll connect for sure, and I'll connect with the auto hospital and see how they want to proceed with that too. I mean, because it's a yeah, great yeah, idea, it's a brilliant idea, and they love this kind of stuff. This is the yeah, yeah. this is the kind of stuff they want community involved with this kind of thing, yeah. and uh, yeah. I love it. That your great work, that's unbelievable. And if for for our listeners, that is a sick helmet. Whoever is writing that, Jesse, that Carr, a, yeah, yeah. comment too. Yeah, Jesse, it's first. I got a hat. For Thanks, you. Jesse. Well, Jesse, we got a hat for you. The first comment on this that we pull up was going to get a hat. So I got a hat for you, Jesse. But if, yeah, for, for our listeners who, who are maybe still a little bit unsure, if you've watched the NBA or the NFL and you see some of these yeah. guys with their, with their custom cleats or custom basketball shoes that are either have a, uh, an, an image or a quote or something that meaningful to that player, this is what Des can do. That's what I do. So um, it's pretty. So, that's how, that's how basically how how I got into it. So I was watching a game and I seen it on on uh, on on the shoe and I started like googling who did it and there's there's so many people in the states that do it. But to be honest with you, there's like zero in Canada. Like no, no, I would say Canada. Nothing. I would say in in Ottawa, in, like, there's no one doing this in Ottawa. And, and even when I presented to people, it's like they think it's like oh crazy, but it's not. Like for me, it's it's a hobby. Yeah, it's crazy to do it, but it's so easy because. 
I know a lot of people out there, but I used to like I'm a big sneakerhead. And now you know if you get a pair of white shoes dirty, you're done. The shoes done. <laughs> and it. now you can just change it up, and you're not you always have a, a brand new pair of shoes. Well, I do, I do want to talk actually. I, I want to mention this, and I don't, it, this could probably be a whole other show topic, but it, the difference between the NBA and the NFL when it comes to freedom of expression, yes. the NFL seems to have a little bit more rigid rules when it comes to. Like, you know, the, Nike, for example, they outfit every every team with the jersey and yeah. the pants. You have to go through Nike if you even want to wear, like, cleats. I think they have to be Nike. Yeah. Yeah, uh, where in the NBA, you got guys like, I mean, I think I think one one of the, I think might have been actually, uh, well, you saw New Balance take over for Kawhi yeah. Leonard. But some yeah. of these stars, now one guy just signed with Puma and Puma, one yeah. took over a guy. There's a couple of, like, no-name shoes have just popped up and guys are signing on with them. Uh, the NBA has a little bit more freedom of expression. Is basketball something that you want to get into as well? Yeah, I would do basketball too because I even reached out to a bunch of the guys from the Ottawa uh, Black the Black Blackjacks. Yeah, right, Ottawa, yeah, Blackjacks. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, a couple of them replied, but this whole COVID thing obviously it obviously stopped like oh, no COVID, doubt, right? So, but yeah, I, I would for sure do basketball. And, and and the thing about me is, I said like I'll show up at your house and get the shoe, and then come back and bring it. Like it's not because I know a lot of people. That's the issue because. You know, I, I I can't drop it to you. Or I can't meet you, or blah blah blah. Just so it, it could be. You, you can leave it. You can leave on a step. I, it I could be as simple as a picture, or 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 it. It could or, be. I could do anything. Like I, obviously, I'm not saying when I'm drawing like your face on a shoe. Like I'm not that good. I'm not on that level yet. But I've got to the level where I can do. I, you see my stuff. Like I can't do portraits, but I can do pretty close to a portrait. Wow, yeah. <laughs> there you have it. I mean, that is that's beautiful. Jackie's yeah. lit as well. Yeah. yeah so, wow. I, 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 yeah. I just need to, like, me, it's just an idea. If you give me the idea you want, and, like, for example, like colors or names or stuff you want add, added to it, I can do it. It's just awesome. something that I've, I've always wanted to do. So I just I decided to do it, put, put time into it, get the right stuff. And, you know, as I said, it's been, it's been about like 10 years now. Well, it's amazing. And I think you're coming a long you. way. And I think it's just a matter of, more guys seeing it and getting the word out. Yeah. So anything we yeah. can do to help for that is great. We appreciate yeah. you taking the time to, to chat with us and share your your new passion, if you will. Oh, no problem, no problem. And, uh, no problem. Just a quick for Pep. You know, the first time I ever met this guy was on the football field. I made yeah. the all-star team as a receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in that game, uh, it was Jesse yeah. Palmer's father moved me to left yeah. tackle. And Desmond <laughs> was the guy I was going against the whole game. And yeah. I was probably whining like a baby the whole time because I should have been a receiver and throw me the ball. And I don't want to play this position. And yeah, it was, he was yeah, you, weren't, you weren't very happy. I remember I remember yeah. that. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right, Des. Appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks man. for your Thank time. You. We will uh, be in touch very soon. But anybody wants to reach out again, Mr. Thompson78 on Instagram. Oh, no, 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 no. The towel, the towel. Put the towel. Oh, yeah, leave the towel. Leave the towel. <laughs> but yeah, anytime you guys you hit me up, okay. Sounds Thank you very good. much Thanks for taking my time. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good one. All right, let's get – we forgot headlines. The first section, we forgot headlines before going to Desi. So, Mike, oh. cue it up. Is Mike still there? Headlines with Brock and Pep. That was a Jay and Dan moment, I think. That was a <laughs> hey, shout shout out to Des. Wow. Pretty cool stuff, eh? You know what? I was thinking even I'm thinking out loud here, and we, we gotta talk about stuff, but like 
Maybe he could probably do this on a, on a on my black basketball shoe. He could probably get that written on my on my shoe. Terrible tell. Yeah, he yeah that's it. amazing. But then amazing. Again, do you want a Buffalo Bills fan trying to put your Steelers? <laughs> I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. I think. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, great work. Uh, he's offered multiple times from the CFI standpoint. Football forward. He's like, he's like, I don't know. Is it you want to auction off for? Uh, do a draw for anybody to get the cleats done. And it's like, you know, we would buy the white cleats and then the kid can get whatever he wants on it. He'll do it anyway. He's like, I do bad, letters, wow. everything. So, again, phenomenal. Uh, he's really uh, up in his game. And I think it's no uh, kidding. Be exploding fairly soon. Uh, headlines, really quick. I know it wasn't yeah. something we wanted to throw in there, but I did want to talk about, you know, the Bucks Rams game Thursday night. Nope. Monday night, we're Tuesday last night. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. Brady looked average. Rams looked okay. Yada yada. Not the game. More specifically, the fact that it was the first time in NFL history that an all-black crew managed that game. So from the referees, linesmen, every ref in stripes in that game was black, which is the first time it's ever happened. Uh, led by Jerome Boger, Barry Anderson, Anthony Jeffries, Julian Mapp, Greg Steed, Dale Sean, Carl Johnson. So I think that was really big, actually, and and. I don't know if it was overlooked, but um, it was something I wanted to make sure that was um, put out there. Uh, I was I was pleased to see it, and I I do uh, appreciate that they uh, they kind of covered it before the game too, and and yeah. really, um, you know, it was a, a big moment. Um, the other headlines this Saturday, November twenty eighth, nine p.m. Eastern, in a nine round fight, twelve ounce gloves, no headgear. We are going to see the fifty some year old Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. I don't even know how old he is. Is he in his 50s? I uh, for sure. Anyway, are you watching that game? That fight? I I you know what? I didn't even realize it was this weekend. I, I if I have a chance to, I'm totally going to watch that fight. Uh because it's it's fighting. These guys, it's not you can't exhibition a boxing match. I'm sorry. They they talked about it being an exhibition or a display or whatever. You remember when Rocky got in the ring with uh with uh Thunderlips? Or Thunder Hips or whatever, whatever Hogan's. Do you remember that? That was an exhibition, really. And Hogan ended up slamming him, and it got into a real fight. There's no way these guys are going to be able to hold back. And what are you going to half punch? Oh, it's right. be a fight. I thought it's you were actually bringing up Rocky movies. I, I was like, why do you bring up a Rocky movie to? Oh, anyway, yeah, okay, I remember. You remember that, that scene? Yeah. And Rocky himself. I mean, so Stallone is what five foot six or something like that. Like he's not very big. Anyway, no. Uh, versus a Hulk Hogan. Anyway, right. it's going to be an exhibition, but Mike Tyson, as we all know, doesn't really have uh, an off switch, if you will, or like a, hey, let's not kill the guy. It's either I'm going to murder you or he's super friendly. You know what I mean? So yeah. if he's in his fighting training stuff, he's kind of going to beat the snot out of him i think well you know the the uh, the polar opposite would be ali right the so he'll jab you all game all fight 15 rounds jab 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 your head snaps back about a thousand times and then he catches you with the right tyson's the opposite tyson's like a, every every punch is a home run he's not setting you up with a jab he's hooking and uppercutting until he knocks you out that and i don't think i've ever seen him fight where he threw more jabs and hooks so I, this could be this could be totally wild. And Roy Jones Jr. By the way, his last couple of fights uh, as a pro were awful. Yeah, like he looked really bad. The fact that he's even coming back for this, 
I don't like to see Tyson actually take on one of the, one of the sti- one of the stiffs in the heavyweight division. Well, okay, nine rounds is what it's scheduled for. Twelve ounce gloves, which I think are lighter than I think it's sixty normally in boxing, isn't it? I believe so. So a lighter a lighter glove, which generally <clears throat> means less padding, which generally means Tyson's fist is a lot closer to your face. <laughs> yeah. nine rounds, in your opinion, I know it's a, a uh, whatever you call it. It's not a real exhibition. exhibition, but. <laughs> Does it go nine rounds? Yeah, I think it does because I th- I think there's going to be I think that's what fans want. Like I, it's it's an exhibition to display that these guys are back in shape or whatever. And it's, I, but do I see it getting testy? Oh, I for sure I see it getting a little testy. But I think I think it goes the distance. I don't think we're going to see like Roy Jones's face mangled. I think we're going to see like respect from both guys and. uh and whether well, well, we'll see how the, we'll see how Tyson fares. If he if he fares well, if he feels like okay, I could pretty much knock this guy out at any moment. I bet you he comes back and challenges one of the one of the heavyweights for a belt or tries to get back into the heavyweight division. I could see that happening, but I don't see this being like a real heavyweight tilt where the two guys are going at it. No biting. I I hope not. Tyson's uh, a changed man. I Tyson Tyson's had a you know a pretty sketchy history, but I like the Tyson. I like the the modern day Tyson a lot more than I did the the savage Tyson. Let's see what he has. You know. Yeah. Again, the modern day Tyson that we've seen wasn't in training camps and getting ready for fights. So that's what I'm curious to see. Is modern day Tyson able to? Uh, not go back to old Tyson once he starts training and get in the ring. Anyway, I'm excited to see it. I'm watching it. I think Curse is coming over. We're going to watch it. Speaking of Kurt, we just fact-checked us. So their gloves oh, are actually course. thicker than normal. The pros use 10-ounce gloves. All right. I Thank you, Curtis. So Excuse my, me. So, so, okay. So I don't use real gloves when I was doing that nine rounds of cardio thing. That was yeah. great. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, right. one, I got a headline, Brock. All right, headline, hit me. Real quick headline. It's it might be J- time for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. I watched. Uh, I was flipping back from the Steelers game and the Bra- I know the the Browns and Eagles game was played in the monsoon and it was awful weather again in Cleveland. And but Carson Wentz, who has all the tools, he's big, has a decent arm, he's mobile. He has the yips. He the minute the pocket collapses, he's gone, or he's he's throwing an uh, an errant ball. I think it might be time for Jalen Hurts at three six and one. They're in first place. Right behind them are the three and seven Giants, Washington Football Team, and Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are actually the better in the best position to actually win this division ultimately at the end. But I've seen nothing from Philly or Carson Wentz. Nothing, and I understand that they've had injuries on the wide receivers, and I get it. But he has looked atrocious. Is it time for them to put in Jalen Hurts and justify that draft pick? Um, yeah, I think they might be at a point where they look down the bench, say, Jalen, get your helmet. He goes, eh, I'll see you next year. <laughs> eh, I just watched Joe Burrows go down. Uh, Tua might be injured too. Uh, maybe let's just ride this one out. But whatever. Uh, I mean, otherwise, you have nothing else to lose. Put Jalen in. Let, sure. him, let him try and make some magic. That's fine. Uh, I'd be curious. He was a pretty, you know, fun quarterback to watch in college. Yeah. Um, you know in both Alabama and uh, Oklahoma, but they're first place. So, I mean, they're, they're playing for something, but anyway. All right. Um, we talked about it quick earlier. Um, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantley, the receiver for green Bay who fumbled in overtime in a game against the Colts. 
wasn't a playoff game, wasn't a Super Bowl game, um, is receiving death threats. Yeah. That. Come on, uh, guys. A quote that said, social media gives cowards the right to say whatever they want with no consequences. Very accurate. Unfortunately, <clears throat> that's the society we live in. And I hopefully that means by this, he understands it. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm not to be concerned of it. And people will say whatever they want to say. But from a, a, not a fan to another fan, grow up, get a life. Like, unless, even, even if you lost millions of dollars on that game because he fumbled the ball, that's the, that's the, the game you play. Everything happens for a reason in that, in that game. You're betting on that. Hey, tough, tough luck, but it's a game. So don't bet on it. If you, if you can't take the loss, don't bet on it. And, you know, I, I saw a stat. Uh, I guess he has career receptions are like, I think he has like 48 career receptions or something like that. It was his first fumble. So, I mean, like, let's go. Okay. And you know what? It was, they're seven and three or seven and four. They're still first place in their division. So I yep. get maybe you lost money on a bet, but that's really the only reason you should be upset. They're fine. But so nothing, come on. nothing deserves a death threat for him or his family or whatever it was it was labeled. There's nothing that there's that deserves that. We uh, we in, we're being fact checked all over the place here. Uh, again, our fact out. checker, uh, his name is Marquez Valdez Scantling. What I L A N G. I right. I wow. Right. I pronounced it wrong. Actually, I wrote it that wrong in my in my notes. I apologize. Okay, sorry guys. Jeez. It's all right. That's why these guys are behind the scenes. They're fact checking us. Okay. And they're upset because the first check bounced from last week. But you know, tone tone down, guys. Okay, we get it. All right. The last headline, <laughs> the Hall of Fame 2021 nominees are out, and the list might be the best list ever. <clears throat> Have you seen this list, Pep? Yeah. What? But yeah, like you're not impressed <laughs> with this? You know what? I I mean, other than Manning, and uh, the list doesn't really nah, – I'm not there. There are good players there. But Hall of Fame, I, Manning's the only one that really sticks out. Calvin Johnson, I thought, left a lot in the tank. Alan Fanica, you know how I feel about that. But there are a couple of guys on there that are like, eh, Hall of Fame? I don't know. Why? Okay. Darren Woodson? Who? Darren Woodson? Darren Woodson, yeah. Okay. I mean, good, good career, Hall of Fame? So you're saying Megatron is not a lock? He's not a lock first? First? I don't think so. I think he he he, he retired too early. Is Barry Sanders in the Hall of Fame? Barry Sanders was an incredible, uh, like game-changing player. Calvin Johnson was good. Don't tell me Calvin Johnson was a game-changing player. But anyway, this isn't for that. They didn't, they didn't win. I mean, they didn't win. They didn't win with Barry either. Well, they won. They made it to the playoffs at least. I don't think. That, I don't think they made it to the playoffs with Calvin Johnson. I don't know. Our fact checkers can check that. I feel like Barry's success, team success in Detroit, wasn't any better than Megatron's success as a team and when he played for Detroit, you know, I, Sam Mills, I'd like to see make it into the hall of fame. He's uh, he passed away, unfortunately, but he was, uh, he was definitely a, an advocate for equality in the league for years. He was undersized, uh, great inside linebacker. I'd love to see him get in there just for sort of po posthumously, uh, Steve Tasker. I think not enough guys from special teams. Like remember they, we used to have like special teams guys who just specialized in, Whatever they did. In his case, it was like making tackles. I'd see, like to see more of those guys make it in the Hall of Fame. But uh, Jared Allen? I mean, yeah, he, he had a good career, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Jared. So Eric Allen, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Cornelius Bennett, uh, a Bills great. Tony Baselli is a guy I want to see in. He's a guy that um, I owe a lot to. 
in terms of the freedom. And actually, I owe a lot to, but I also I'm paying for it now. But uh, at the time when I was sort of an upcoming football player, Tony Baselli was like the left tackle in the NFL. And, you know, but I was I was putting weight on and stuff. Like I was always a big guy. So there was, you know, at home, it was kind of like, you know, watch or eat and stuff. And then my dad read an article on Tony Baselli and then he had he would eat three hamburgers at McDonald's and like two fries or something. And my dad was like, if Tony does it, you could do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, started to get a little bit bigger and whatever. But Tony Baselli is a guy that I like to see. I think he was, uh, again, he might have been cut short a bit too, uh, but he played for a real bad team. I like Tony Baselli. Um, you know, Manning and stuff, without a doubt. Charles Woodson, without a doubt. Um, Clay Matthews Jr. is on that list. Yeah. And Clay Matthews Jr. is the guy that I, I got a chance to sit next to and watch uh, a Green Bay Chicago game together up in one of the boxes. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, I ended up sneaking a pick um, secretly because I was like, he's never going to talk to me. And then we ended up posing for pictures after and having a few drinks or whatever. Awesome guy. His brother, Bruce, uh, Bruce Matthews, is one of the best uh, linemen. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Anyway, uh, I just for that reason alone, I want to see him get in. Sure. Anyway. I think we're getting some push here. To we're uh, getting a, a fact check. Barry yeah. Sanders five playoff appearances, Megatron two. All right. So All right. Barry Sanders and I'm going to fact check you. Tony Baselli actually those Jaguars teams of the late nineties. In his second year, they made it to the conference Mark championship Brunel, and lost to Denver. Uh, Mark Brunell, but they had a great with the, that was Keenan McCardell on, on one side. I think they had uh, I can't remember the other guy on the other side, but they I mean they had, they were a dynamic duo at receiver. So. Um, he Tony Baselli was all world before he got hurt. So great call. I would like to see Tony Baselli in there. Great, great left tackle. All right, moving. All right, on. we are getting into. We're also getting some notice on time here to make sure we kind of keep it going. Yeah. Uh, what do we got next? We got the college football. I believe. Yeah. Let's we have next. Let's roll in the college football. We got college football. We got free agency winners, losers with, in terms of the Raptors, Lakers. And then uh, we want, I do want to give, I want us to give our, our busts. So yeah, why don't I we, why don't we uh, roll through, give us a, give us a college football. I'll, we'll go five minutes, college football, five minutes in the free agency and go from there. All right. So in the essence of time, I'm not going to go on a huge sales rant as to why I love college football over the NFL and everything else, even though I know, Pierre, you know, you wanted it's new listeners. People are just tuning in and, and maybe a lot of them don't understand college football. I'm a huge American college football fan. Every game, every weekend means something because of the way that the playoffs are structured and only four teams make the playoffs. So if you're trying to win the national championship, you need to win every weekend and oftentimes you need other teams to win or lose that are ahead of you. So you end up watching those games, which is with as much intensity as you would watching your own team. I'm a huge Florida Gator fan. So anything that involves the SEC, um, you know, I end up watching fairly intensely. And then you have anybody who's above Florida in the rankings end up watching. Anyway, that's a very quick synopsis. I will get further into it <laughs> and I will make a college football watcher out of you. <laughs> um okay so the uh i'm only going to touch on a few games obviously i'm going to touch about uh number six florida at vanderbilt <clears throat> florida won 38 to 17 kyle trask florida's quarterback threw for 383 three touchdowns 
which brings his seven-game total to 31 touchdowns, which is a new SEC record for throwing TD passes through seven games. The other two that did it before, I don't know, Pep, do you think you can pick those out? Probably not. It for Florida? It's not for Florida, the SEC. I'll save you. It's uh, yeah, please, Burrow please. last year did it. Okay. Couch, they each threw for 29. But the difference is that through those seven games, because of COVID, Trask has only played SEC competition. Burroughs did it seven games, the first seven games of the season, but he also had teams like Georgia Southern, Northwestern State, and Utah State were teams that he was throwing against. So smaller schools, less smaller talent schools, necessarily. Yeah. Non-conference, non uh, you know, the, the games aren't usually as competitive. So you're kind of expected to to throw all over these guys and, and sure had some stats and Trask has been doing it from an SEC standpoint solely because there's no out of conference games this year due to COVID. So more on Trask later, but that was a great game. <clears throat> Ohio state, which is ranked number three played Indiana ranked number nine, Ohio state won 42 to 35, very close game. Indiana is actually a really good team and played them really tough. Ohio state's Justin Fields, who's their quarterback, another Heisman hopeful, hopeful threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns and three interceptions. Master Teague, their running back, ran for 26 times for 169 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, again, I feel like nobody cares for these stats, but the Indiana quarterback, Michael Penix, their quarterback, threw for 491 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. They also had another receiver, uh, Fry Fogle, who went for 218 and three touchdowns. Indiana's quarterback. So the, the big thing from that is the fact that Justin Fields is on the Heisman top five watch list. He's on the top of a, a few lists already. And he just played in a tough game, conference game, and was out quarterbacked in the duel by a long shot with this other guy, Michael Penix. So um, I, honestly, I think I, I give you my uh, my Heisman rankings a bit later on and where I think they are, and Justin Fields has fallen because this was not a very good game. A 500 yards passing is remarkable on any at any level. <laughs> yeah, it is, and you're playing Ohio State, who has a great defense. Yeah. So that alone is impressive. Fields throwing more picks and interceptions, you know, and the fact that it was a seven-point a seven point game, and uh, the game was fairly entertaining. Indiana's new uniforms are really nice, too, actually. Um, the other one, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Again, it's a ranked game. Oklahoma State was 14, Oklahoma 18. Uh, the Sooners ran away with it, which the Sooners have been up and down all season. But when it came to crunch time against their uh, in-state rivals, they smoked them. Spencer Rattler threw for 300, four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Um, the Canadian Chubba Hubbard for Oklahoma State only went eight for 44 yards. He was their leading rusher still, which doesn't bode much because they only put 13 points up. But uh, he did have an ankle injury in the second quarter and was uh, battling it the whole time. In the NFL draft coming up, uh, if he goes into it, Rodarius William, a DB for uh, Oklahoma State, is pretty good. I thought he was way taller than this. It says he's six foot 192. Uh, but he must have a really good wingspan because he was he was all over these receivers. Anyway, he's likely going to be a first or second round pick, but uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Number eight for, for Oklahoma State. Awesome. Uh, the only reason I'm touching upon Georgia and Mississippi State is that JT Daniels, who was a transfer quarterback from USC to Georgia, finally made his debut, uh, and he threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So maybe Georgia has found their next guy. We were talking about him all season as to when he's going to play. He finally got in. It was Mississippi State. They won. Georgia won 31-24, so it was still a tight game, but he threw for 404 touchdowns, so it's a pretty decent start. 
And then the other one is uh, Wisconsin Northwestern. Again, a ranked game. Wisconsin coming in at rank number 10 uh, versus number 19 Northwestern. And uh, Northwestern beat them 19 to 7. I don't, I forgot to put the score down, but it was 19 10 or 19 7. The, the key here is that Wisconsin's quarterback, Mertz, who in this first game threw for five touchdowns. So he had all this talk about this guy's going to have a great season. Um, only threw for like 230 yards and a touchdown. Like it was, it was bad. He's just been tanking the whole time. There was a, uh, a bowl game uh, played this weekend. Uh, the toilet bowl between uh, Michigan and, <laughs> and Rutgers. And that took three overtimes to, to solidify who was the, in fact, the worst team and Michigan ended up pulling that out 48, 42 and triple overtime. Uh, I'd have no idea how these teams are. Yeah. R- Rutgers is not a football program, right? Like for uh, Rutgers is just getting their feet underneath them basketball wise. They're not notorious for football. So like the fact that they're even hanging tough with Michigan Wolverines and Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, give me a Four break. Terrible. The only two teams that are probably worse than Michigan are Penn State, which uh, they're they're 0-5 for the first time ever. I saw that. And that program's been around since the late 1800s. Let's put it that and, way. And the New York Jets. And the New York Jets. And the Tennessee <laughs> Volunteers, who started off a couple of games fairly decent. Uh, if they win one more game out of the last three. So they have Vanderbilt, Florida, and Texas A&M. The odds of them beating Florida or Texas A&M are slim. Vanderbilt, who played Florida very tough, is not going to be easy either. But if they win one, they at least tie for the a three-win season for the first time they've had it since 1924. If they don't win any of those three, it'll be the worst uh, record they've ever had in their, in their uh, existence, which, again – back dates to the 1800s i believe so uh, <laughs> wow yeah horrible horrible start for some of these guys <laughs> it's another 2020 that you want to uh, avoid um and the last thing i'm going to say is my current heisman trophy rankings after this weekend we have kyle trask at number one hence why i'm wearing the florida uh, jersey right now which from another heisman trophy winner that's tim tebow but kyle trask is number one i got mac jones from alabama number two he's been very very good his receiving core is disgustingly good uh led by a canadian uh in menchi and then i have trevor lawrence from clemson at number three uh he's down at number three because he doesn't have enough games under his belt right now he's uh, he's missed two of them because of covid um so we'll see when he comes back justin fields has dropped to number four and actually i probably could have dropped into number five because i have zach wilson from byu at number five and i think it's just because of the competition that he plays right now isn't quite where justin fields is uh, but he's putting up huge numbers. Um, and the last thing is that the, there's another Canadian. The, one of the uh, excelling Canadians this weekend was a running back from Illinois, Chase Brown from London, Ontario. And he ran for 110 yards, two touchdowns, and a 41-23 win over Nebraska. And that is my college football uh, speed round, if you will. Guys, with that, Brock threw a lot at you. There's the statistics, names, teams, <laughs> teams you've heard of for sure. Uh, even if you're a casual fan, you've heard of – the Alabamas and the Floridas and the Wisconsins. You've heard of these teams, Ohio State for sure. So, Brock, you are a legend when it comes to college football knowledge. And uh, before we get into our last segment, first of all, thank you for that, Brock. Uh, we want to talk about our our today's sponsor, this month's sponsor of the Brock, Brock and Pepsi and Sportsman Like Convo Show. Uh, Mr. Mike, We there it is. Look at that. Look at Ken and his team there buying, selling, investing. 
Today's show is brought to you by Ken Tripp Real Estate. Looking to invest in real estate and don't know where to start? Ken is an experienced investor and can show you the way. Message at Ken Tripp Real Estate on Instagram today. Moving on. I want to talk. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little NBA, and then Brock and I are gonna give give you a quick list. We might go over an hour, just a little bit over an hour. I think we'll be okay with that. Um, really quickly, the NBA has gone through one of the crazier off seasons in in a long time due to COVID. I don't know money. I don't know teams jockeying for position, realizing the Lakers are too good and they got to up their game. I don't know, but a lot of stupid money's been passed around. I do want to focus today's show on the Raptors and the Lakers. And in a couple of weeks, we'll have Dave Barbier and Dan Case on the show, the three-man weave. And we'll talk NBA start to finish before the season starts on December 22nd. You know, winners and losers of the of the preseason for agency and trades. We'll talk about it all. But just today, I just want to grade the Raptors and the Lakers offseason up to now. And I'll start with the Raptors. Their notable losses, I think everyone's heard. Serge Ibaka has moved on to the Clippers. And Marc Gasol went to Europe. And uh, his season's done up there and now has signed a, a two-year cheap deal, two-year $5 million deal with the Lakers. Now, $5 million sounds like a lot of money, but in the NBA, Gordon Hayward got a $30 million a year contract with the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, ridiculous. Um, so they lost Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol. Those are the big men. One of them usually starts. One of them comes off the bench. They, they were flip-flopping for a little while. Uh, but they did sign Aaron Baines, Australian big guy out of Phoenix, uh, Alex Len, another big guy uh, who's bounced around, but he's seven foot and agile and young. And uh, DeAndre Bembry, who's a like a in between small forward, power forward, long, lanky guy. Not a whole lot of offense, but he plays defense. So you know they've got Kevin Durant now in their division, so they're going to have to find some defenders to play him. He's definitely one of those guys. So uh, and returning, they got Fred Van Vliet. They've re-signed him. Thank God. Big sign. Big sign. Big sign. And Chris Boucher, who I really like, who, who's going to have more minutes this year. Canadian kid. Um, I'm going to give them a B plus. I, I could have easily given them an A plus. But let's see how Aaron Baines and Alex Len and DeAndre Bembry turn out. But I think a B-plus is safe because they've replenished the losses with guys that are more than capable. So I'm going to go – I'm going to give them a B-plus. Quickly on the Lakers. What are they – just – what, are, what oh, sorry. did you say the Raptors are missing? So you say they have their – A superstar. That's it. They're just a missing superstar. that bona fide superstar to kind of yep. come in and – so the, everything they did this year, they offered Gasol a one-year deal. They offered Ibaka one-year deals just so they can keep their cap flexibility so they can go and sign a big guy for next year. The big fish is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo from from Milwaukee. Is he not he's got, here? No, he's got one more year in his contract. Uh, I think he's the big fish. And he has a great relationship with Masai Ujiri, the GM of the, of the Toronto Raptors, and Bobby Webster. They've got... They've got a good relationship, and I see—I personally see Giannis coming to Toronto. So they've got to maintain cap flexibility. But even if he doesn't, next year is a real juicy free agent class. So they're keeping all their flexibility by by signing the guys they've signed, and they did break the bank on Ibaka and Gasol. Yeah, they paid Vlan Vliet, but he deserves it. So they're in a perfect position for next year, and they're going to be super competitive this year, if not a little bit better. So I mean, the Raptors are in good shape. You heard it here first. Yep. Uh, Lakers, I got to give them an A+. Plus. I mean, they were poorly constructed last year, and they still won the championship. So, I mean, the fact that they got – they were an odd mix. To, LeBron James usually surrounds himself with a particular type of player, 
the mix of players that he surrounded himself with last year was really, really odd. Like old veterans and retreads mixed in with like low draft picks. It was a really, really odd, but they won. They still won. So not only did they improve, but now they have a, a better chemistry. I think their coach is going to have a better chemistry with these guys. So really quickly, I'm give them an A+. Plus. They lost. Danny Green, everyone's favorite from Toronto. Uh, Ray John Rondo has moved on with the Hawks. Dwight Howard signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. And they just traded JaVale McGee. They added Dennis Schrader, who was the sixth man of the year a couple of years ago. Wes Matthews, a 3 and D guy. And then Montrez Harrell, everyone's everyone's villain, is now on the Lakers. And he's... He he's sixth man of the year this year? Yeah, absolutely. So he like they have two former six men of the year joining their team with West Matthews. Plus, they brought back Contavious Caldwell Pope, who many consider the one of the reasons why they won the title. He played out of his mind. And uh Markeith Morris, who I thought had a really, really good series against Miami in particular. So uh the Lakers gotta give him an A plus, and they're the team to beat. So again, like I said, we're gonna talk about the NBA when Dan Case and uh Dave Barbie are back on the show with us. Uh, the week before the NBA season actually starts. So there you have my quick grades. We'll go in f- far greater depth in a couple weeks from now. Sounds good. Boom. Um, hey, good job. I mean, those happen to be two of your favorite teams, right? They are two of my favorite teams. I, You know, I've kind of leaned more towards the Raptors just because I like the Canadian content and all that. But, I mean, the Lakers are I'm a, at heart a Laker fan, Magic Johnson. But uh, I, love, I love them both. Yeah, good. Um, while we were starting our show, the college football playoff selection committee officially released their ranking. So for those who don't know, you have rankings throughout the season, the AP. So the, uh, associated press ranks them. the coaches will rank all the teams and stuff too, but the actual college football playoff committee doesn't do their rankings until further in the season. So I don't think it's, it's accurate this year with COVID, but usually it's, you know, six or seven games into the season. They did the release today. And just so everybody knows, the top four teams that are currently in the playoffs, if they were to start today, would be Alabama at number one versus Ohio State number four. And Notre Dame number two would be playing Clemson number three. Wow, those are games I definitely watch because those are classic teams. And Notre Dame plays Clemson likely in the ACC championship. So this year, Notre Dame's got to get through Clemson twice because they joined the conference. Welcome to real football, Notre Dame. And <laughs> if they happen to get blown out, they might drop right out of the number out of the, the top four. Cause you got two pretty good teams looking in and, and that's Texas A&M at number five and Florida at number six. Looking oh boy. Right in, but we still got a lot of time. Florida will still play Alabama likely in the SEC championship. Notre Dame will play Clemson in the ACC championship. Ohio state will play whoever, because it doesn't matter. The big 10 sucks this year. And then we'll see from there where that happens. So, uh, all right, there you have it. Dictated, but uh, that's where the top four are right now. Speak, Brock, while you, you may as well segue right into the last segment here. Uh, we're going to go a couple minutes over our hour, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, that's a perfect, okay, perfect right, segue. Kwame. Kwame, we good? No, if not, if he just shuts us down, he shuts us down. He shuts but. us down. We, we want to get into our Brock is going to give us his top five. Heisman Trophy winning busts that ended up being busts in the NFL. So they have had to have won the Heisman and then be a bust in the NFL. Not just an NFL bust, because that could be anybody. But they actually have had to have won the Heisman Trophy, which is college football's equivalent to the MVP. 
and uh, busting the NFL. Brock, you want to give us your five, and I'll give you my five NBA all-time draft busts. All right. This was a lot of fun to go it back. It was a lot of fun, actually. To research a bit. And, yeah. and oh, my God, I forgot about that guy. I forgot about this yeah. guy. Guys, I remember. So, obviously, I didn't go back to the 1900s or whenever the Heisman started coming out with. I sure. went guys that I, I'm, I'm aware of and, and whatnot. I actually go I five, four, three, two, one, right? Go yeah, yeah. I have an honorable okay. mention one. So at okay. six, honorable mention, uh, Charlie Ward. Oh, oh yeah. Heisman trophy for Florida state. He had 84% of the Heisman votes in that season. He's through for over 3000 yards, 27 touchdowns for only four interceptions. And the problem is that he wasn't going to go to the NFL unless he, he was a first round pick and they, they, forecasted in between like the third and the fifth round he ended up going first in the first round to the knicks uh so he declined like they didn't draft him in the nfl he had a good career he had a great career he was great actually career. for the longest time he was considered to be the best quarterback in new york for the longest time and he was playing <laughs> basketball that's how bad the giants the Jets enough were said uh but yeah so he chose to play basketball but again if i think of today like he's kyler murray is a charlie ward style quarterback you know so times have changed sure. quite a bit. they just thought he was undersized um so my first number five i have a bus as being eric crouch in 2001 ah! corn huskers as a quarterback. quarterback um he's the only uh only had 28 percent of the votes so that's why i put him down a little bit lower in the bus category because he only had 28 percent of the heisman votes to win so that made me dig a little bit further. It's probably the worst top five. So five guys go to New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. This is probably the worst five ever. Eric Crouch, who won it. Rex Grossman, <laughs> Florida, which, you know, again, kind of a bust anyway. Uh, Ken Dorsey, Joey Harrington, and David Carr. David Carr. Those were the five guys in New York for that presentation. And I would say arguably all those guys could be busts in this list it had they won the 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 next three were antoine randall which he went as a quarterback had a decent receiving career roy williams who was a decent defensive back uh, and brian mckinney who uh i believe the late brian mckinney uh i believe he's sort of vikings back, yeah sort of vikings from uh, heat exhaustion but those three players had probably more success in the nfl than the top five guys who were in the heisman uh presentation that year uh, actually, I forgot the list. Dwight Freening was after that and Julius Pepper. So that rounds out the top 10 of those. So the bottom five was way better than the top five in that uh, that Heisman class. But um, Eric Crouch played a little bit for the Argos. He played quarterback for like a game or something like that. He actually beat Saskatchewan Rough Riders in his only game and threw it. Really? Really? You're going to go there? You're going to do that? Why? Are you going to play me? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> he Bruce the third. Remember that guy? I do remember that guy. Great receiver. So he's number five. Number four, I have Gino Toretta, 1992, oh, Miami quarterback. Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, 51% of the votes. He threw for 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, set only seven interceptions. He was selected in the seventh round by Minnesota and was back in NFL Europe like two seasons and never really played anywhere. Uh, number three, Rashan Salam, running back, Colorado buffalo Ooh, the late the late Rashan before. salam did he pass kurt can you check on that Rashan salam uh, Rashan salam chicago bears 63 percent of the votes uh he was the the first round pick to chicago 
uh, in his last uh, 1994 season with Colorado, he, he ran for a school record of just over 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns. Uh, Colorado went on to beat Notre Dame uh, in the Fiesta Bowl, 41-24. They had like an 11-1 quarterback. Uh, could you name Colorado's quarterback at that time? Cordell Stewart. boy, I knew it was a stealer. It was a layup. That there, <laughs> that was a layup for my co-host. Swish. Um, so but anyway, Salam ran for 1,000 uh, yards, 10 touchdowns in his rookie season, lost nine fumbles, and he only averaged about 3.6 yards a carry, and he never really played at that level again. So, And he committed um, suicide, according to Kurt. So thanks for uh, looking that up, Kurt. Sad. I had a feeling he had passed on. So, Well, that's... Uh, Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I feel bad. Like, should I remove him from the bus list? Well, no, no. I mean, no, no. If he was drafted uh, high. I don't. It was. There were no character issues. He just didn't play well. It was, that's right. just the way it goes. So, number two, everybody should be familiar with Johnny Menzel, 2012 Texas A&M quarterback. Seventy-three percent of the votes. Uh, he won it as a freshman. So, um, Johnny football. If he was the first freshman to win it or not, but. Uh, in that Heisman season, he threw for 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, only nine interceptions, but he also had 1,400 yards rushing and 21 rushing touchdowns. Uh, <sighs> Hard to put him a, a bust, though, because he had he showed flashes in Cleveland, they, and they just didn't give him enough opportunity. He had a, he had a one year in Cleveland where he was pretty okay. No, the team doesn't give you the opportunity. Does that still make you a bust? You know what I mean? Like you, you yeah, not true. Yeah, but he's also he's number two here for a reason. He's not my number one. You know, he had two years with with the the Browns. Had a, a few CFL things. Mostly, he's known That's for awful his antics and and, yeah. and whatnot. But for like his stats in that his college career were were pretty outstanding. Impressive. Oh yeah. All right, my number one bust Heisman bust is two thousand three. He was a quarterback from Oklahoma. Can you name him? This is not a layup. 2003 quarterback from Oklahoma bust Bust. Demarcus Russell. No, he was LSU. LSU. Jason white. I'm not even going to like make you go through the list. Jason white was a quarterback for Oklahoma. He threw for 3,200 yards, 35 touchdowns and nine interceptions. They went to back to back national championships in 04 and 05. They lost to LSU 21, 14 and 04 lost to USC 55 to 19 and 05 which I believe is around the Lionheart uh, uh, years as well. Yeah. This guy wasn't even drafted, and he wasn't even given a free agent tryout afterwards. You won the wow. Heisman. He's the only guy to – well, technically, he's the third Heisman winner to not get drafted, and that's only behind a guy named Pete Dawkins who went into the military. And the other guy was our honorable mention, Charlie uh, Ward. Charlie Ward. Wow. The NBA. Otherwise, this is a guy who was trying to play football – and didn't get drafted or get a free agent contract. He had one tryout later on uh, from like Detroit or something, and and they didn't sign him. That is incredible. Did he win yeah. the Heisman and not get drafted at all? So that's my, uh, that's my top five Heisman busts. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, flashbacks of <laughs> Gino Toretta. My God, um, we're we're actually putting in overtime. Essentially, is what we're doing right now. We are seven minutes into overtime. I'm going to run off. For my MBA friends who uh, who love to hear this kind of like old school stuff, I'm going to run off my five my top five NBA busts, and I'll kind of run them off relatively quickly. And just a disclaimer: I don't have Sam Bowie on my list, and everyone knows Sam Bowie, okay, uh, out of Kentucky, drafted by the the um, Portland Trail Blazers back in the time ta- back in that time, teams drafted by need. They didn't draft the best player. They just 
they already had Clyde Drexler and Kiki Vandeweghe and Jerome Kersey. They were loaded. They had all the all the pieces in place. They needed a big man. So Bowie made sense. But <laughs> Bowie was drafted ahead of Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins, who was really good. And John Stockton was 16th in that draft. Um, Akeem Olajuwon was first in that that year. So, But I don't have Sam Bowie on this list because, but like I said, back in the day, teams drafted for need, not just the best player. So he's not even on this list. Uh, I'm going to quickly go through this list. Number five is Adam Morrison. Out of yeah. Gonzaga, long-haired, shaggy guy. I'm just going to quick give you the quick bio. The 2003, he was drafted third overall. Um, he was MJ's first pick in, as the GM in Charlotte. We all uh, know MJ's track record. record. Oh, terrible. Off is horrible. Terrible. Horrible. Uh, Taken ahead of Ray John Rondo and Rudy Gay, who were who were good, solid NBA players. Who's still playing in the NBA right now, actually. Uh, he'd be higher on my list, but a Andrea Bargnani was the number one pick in that draft, so it's, <laughs> he, that's why Morrison isn't number one on this list. Um, and uh, he was also the most prolific scorer in college his his last season. So I mean, there was reason why he was drafted first. His rookie year, he was actually pretty good, and then he got crossed over by Luke Walton in a game. Blew out his ACL and never really returned, and he was just awful ever since. Number four, another MJ pick, Kwame Brown, two thousand one, drafted by the Wizards. Awful. And here's a here's a funny Kwame Brown story. He's such an idiot. Um, MJ, it was MJ's first pick as a, as a GM. In his third year, he actually improved a little bit, but he rejected a thirty million dollar offer after his third year, and he he wasn't he had improved, but not thirty million dollars. So he wanted to test free agency, turned down a $30 million offer. No takers. So he goes back to the Wizards, plays his fourth year, and, and, and uh, blows his ankle out. So he stunk it up. Um, he eventually signed with the Lakers. Um, he had an off 2007, he was arrested on a rape accusation. There was an incident where he threw a piece of cake at a fan during a game, and he told the, the cops he was trying to throw it at Ronnie Turiaf, who's uh, he was a Lakers backup power forward. So he was just a hot mess. And he never amounted to really, I mean, for a number one overall pick in 2001, you know, he was selected over Pau Gasol, you know, Joe Johnson, some good players he was selected over. Anyway, number three, Greg Oden. Oh, that was my number one. Greg Oden, this, this breaks my heart. You know, when Greg Oden, his last year in college, he broke his right hand. Oh. He broke his right hand early in the season. And he played the rest of the season with his left hand and still averaged 20 plus points. So he played with his offhand shot, free throws with his offhand. So, I but remember that. I mean, that he I was, I was a, watching college basketball quite close because Florida went back to back. I think that yeah. was the of their back. Yes. And he was drafted ahead of uh, Joakim Noah. Like, there was, was good players. But I mean, the poor guy had, he was drafted, unfortunately, ahead of Kevin Durant, who might go down as one of the top 10 all time players. Um, a lot of knee injuries when he got to the pros. And it just injuries derailed this guy because he had talent. Um, but again, it was 2007. The big man in, in the NBA started to get phased out. So tough one. Uh, number two, I won't even spend a lot of time on this guy. Michael Olo with Candy, 1998, uh, drafted first overall ahead of Dirk Nowitzki, Vince Carter, and Paul Pierce. Big stiff, big project, no skill out of Pacific, the University of Pacific. Um, he'd be number one on most most people's bust lists. Uh, but because he, it was the Clippers, it's hard to put him number one. They were such a just an awful franchise, racist owner. And um, so you really can't fault Oolo Quandy for being picked number one because they're so dysfunctional. So I'm going to keep my number two. Again, I appreciate that. That's good. Yep. Uh, number one, Darko Milicic, 2004, drafted by the Detroit Pistons, who were the best team in the NBA. So they were picking him to 
be the heir apparent to some of the guys like Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace. But um, but he any, wasn't at, picked first overall, was he? He was. Uh, he sorry, is drafted second overall behind LeBron James. Okay, drafted second overall behind LeBron James, but ahead of Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony. Well, Dwayne um, Wade and Carmelo Anthony are pretty good. Uh, Hall of Famers, probably. Um, at that at that time in 2004, if you were a seven foot European dude, uh, you're a hot commodity, and they thought he was going to be like uh, Dirk Nowitzki or whatever, and uh, he wasn't. He was terrible. But again, the Pistons were the best team in the NBA. They didn't really really need anybody. So, uh, but he really really was the biggest bust on my list. And there you have it, folks. We've put in 12 minutes of overtime, so that's not too bad. Hopefully, Kwame is okay with this, and uh, yeah, let's take it. Let's take us out. All right, hey, that's the episode, guys. Really appreciate it, Desmond Thompson. Thanks a lot for being on the show, guys. Yeah, yeah. For art, obviously, reach out to to Desi, and he'll hook you up. Next week, we got a special guest. He's uh, uh, the Big Ben Whisperer, maybe they call him now. I think he uh, <laughs> he, he trained with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, helped him with his rehab. Uh, trained Gary Roberts was in uh, anyway all over the place. You'll learn a lot more about him. Lauren Goldenberg is with us next week, December first. Um, thanks everybody who's put comments down. Jesse, I will not forget you're going to be getting a hat. We'll send that to you, and we are going to go out to uh, a tune, the full tune, and uh, I can't remember which one it is now, but we're going to go out to it. And uh, thanks for listening. Can't wait for next year. Oh, Return of the Mac. How did I not forget? Yeah, Mac Morris. You want UC gear and stuff? It's there. All the info's on the screen. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.